Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, December the 13th and 1st today. Rishi Sunak has survived a Commons vote on his controversial Rwanda asylum policy. The bill has passed to the next stage with a majority of 43, but still has a number of hurdles to overcome. Now, right-wing Conservatives are demanding the legislation is strengthened to block refugees challenging their deportation. Dover MP Natalie Elphick was among 37 Tories who abstained from the vote. She's calling for a completely fresh approach to tackle small boats crossing the channel to Kent. Following the Supreme Court judgment, we must turn to diplomacy once again with a cross-channel agreement to return people to France rather than Rwanda. Indeed, Italy has done a deal with Albania and there's nothing to stop the UK and France from doing a similar deal. Well, Ashford MP Damien Green was one of those who voted in favour of the government. He's also chairman of the One Nation group of MPs. I'm very pleased. I I voted with the government and the One Nation group decided to uh, support the government. Uh, And so we're pleased that it wasn't just a win. It was quite a big win. It was bigger than people were predicting. Uh, 44 votes is quite significant. And there were two votes in the Commons this evening. One on a Labour amendment, which would maximise the Conservative vote. That was 337. Uh, And the one on the government's motion was 313. Uh, So that means 24 of my colleagues uh, abstained. So that's, I think, less opposition than people were expecting. We would be happy if the government carried on with this bill. Uh, We think it it goes right to the edge of what's acceptable in terms of meeting our international obligations and respecting the rule of law. So if the government says it's going to accept no amendments, then that's fine by us. Um, I understand that others are saying they will put down amendments. Um, If they do, then some of my colleagues in the One Nation group might well uh, put down our own amendments to approve it. But uh, I think in an ideal world, if I was the government, I would want this legislation to proceed um, unamended, except possibly in very minor ways, um, so that we can get it on the statute book as soon as possible. The Rwanda bill will move to the next stage in the new year. Elsewhere, 16 asylum seekers who crossed the channel in small boats three years ago have taken the government to court over the way they were treated. They've complained about unlawful searches and items being taken or damaged. Lawyers representing the Home Office have indicated the claims are being disputed. Kent Online News. Next today, and police are investigating the death of a man following a disturbance at a property in Dover. Officers were called to Anstey Road on Monday night and found a man in his 60s with serious injuries. His death is being treated as suspicious. A man's been jailed for more than 10 years after being found guilty of sexually abusing a child in Canterbury. The victim came forward after it happened in February this year and has been praised for their bravery. 35 old Elliot Dobkin from Stamford Hill in London must serve three and a half years on licence when he's released. A minute silence has been held at Folkestone's game against Hastings in memory of a young boy killed in a suspected hit and run. Seven-year-old William Brown was knocked down as he crossed Sandgate Esplanade a week ago. A 49-year-old man from Dimchurch has been questioned about what happened. Police are trying to track down a customer who disturbed a suspect during an attempted robbery in Paddock Wood. A man demanded money from a drunk 
dry cleaning business on Commercial Road last week. They then run off towards the railway station. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the website today. Bosses in Tunbridge say a leisure complex is not fit for purpose and should be demolished. The Angel Centre is currently running at a loss and Tunbridge and Morling councillors have decided it would cost too much to fix it. They're now proposing to knock the facility down and build an entirely new one and are considering a number of locations for that. Well, I've been speaking to Matt Borton, who is the leader of the council. The Angel Centre's uh, carries a lot of important facilities in in Tunbridge. It's how it's home to the gym. It's home to health and wellbeing classes and lots of other different leisure activities too. But the building itself has seen better days, and I think that's very obvious to anyone who's been there. A lot of the facilities which were provided when it was built in the early 1980s are now no longer the facilities that people want in the town centre because they're just not being used as much and so we've got to make an important decision particularly given some of the upcoming maintenance work about whether we actually look to refurbish it or whether we look to provide a state-of-the-art facility elsewhere in the town and certainly given our very important targets to being carbon neutral by 2030 and our pledge to have carbon neutral leisure centres the only way we can achieve this is by looking for a new facility. So let's talk importantly about the financial side of it. We're very aware about a cost of living crisis at the moment. We know it's very difficult to, for councils to make big decisions on how they're going to spend money. You had two options, either do up the one that you've got or build a new one. Financially, how does that work out? At the moment, there are some quite significant figures, whatever you do, whether you look to refurbish it or whether you look to rebuild a new one. The great advantage of rebuilding a new one is that you end up being better able to control the amount of ongoing maintenance costs you have once it's up and running. The problem with refurbishing the existing Angel Centre is that the costs which you have now would all continue to be there because you are simply retrofitting problems that have developed over the 40 odd years that it's been operational. So it's not just the cost of building a new facility, which obviously is higher if you start from if you start from scratch, but it's the ongoing maintenance costs as well. And ultimately, you've got to take some big decisions at times. And we think this is the right decision because we think Tunbridge deserves a carbon neutral state of the art leisure centre. And that's what we want to provide. And we can't do that with the Angel Centre in its current form. I'm sure people won't want to be left without any leisure facilities. What What's the time scale and would you knock one down and then build the next one? Or can you explain a little bit about how that process would work? So another reason why we went with the option of rebuilding the leisure facilities on, a, on another site is because if we were to retrofit the current building, that would inevitably cause some disruption for people who use the Angel Centre on a daily, on a weekly basis. If you're looking at a different site, then, of course, what happens is you can build that and the Angel Centre will continue to operate as it does. And then at a particular time, you will simply move from the Angel Centre to the new facility and you can repurpose the Angel Centre. So that that way, there'd be absolutely no disruption for users of the Angel Centre. And that's quite important for us. Now, at the moment, we're at the very, very early stages. We've just taken an in-principle decision. The next stage is to work out what facilities we want to provide in a new leisure centre to work out where it will be as well. And I know there are strong views from people in Tunbridge about sites that should or shouldn't be included in that. And also we've got to work with our leisure trust on the operating model 
as well. They currently operate the Angel Centre. They would like to operate a new facility. I'm sure we need to make sure that that matches their ambitions too. So there's a lot of work still to go. And this is very, very early stages. And this is long term thinking, but it's what we need to start doing or we'll never do it. As you said, Matt, it is very early days, but have you got any preferred options as to where a new leisure centre might go? So at the moment, we're working with a company on an asset review of the whole of Tunbridge, and we're focusing on the east of the High Street, which is where the Angel Centre currently is at the moment, rather than the west of the High Street, which is where the Miniature Railway currently is. That's going to report to councillors in the first couple of months of next year, and that will present different options that you've got for dealing not just with the Angel Centre and the need to um, rebuild that, but also some of the other challenges that we've got in the town around land use and capacity and organisations that perhaps want or need new facilities as well. So there's a bigger piece of work taking place. The Angel Centre um, rebuild will be put into that as well, and councils will be making decisions on what they want to use these parcels of land for, because they're in fantastic locations, and we've got a number of people and organisations chomping at the bit to use land for their uh, particular purpose. So it's an interesting and exciting time. And as part of that process, I imagine that we'll be doing um, lots of consultations with residents in Tunbridge, key organisations as well, users of the facilities. And it's going to be very interesting to see what options people decide to come forward with. You can let us know what you think about the plans by leaving a comment on the story today or by heading to our socials. Kent Online reports. Flood alerts are still in force in parts of Kent as the wet weather looks set to continue. River levels have risen in areas including Maidstone, Ashford, Tunbridge and Edenbridge. Firefighters had to rescue people from stranded vehicles in Whitstable and Hawkenbury yesterday and there were reports of homes flooding in Herne Bay. A former mental asylum in Kent could be turned into 200 houses. Plans have been revealed to develop the old Cramer Ward at St Martin's Hospital near Canterbury. You can head to the website today to see CGIs of what it could eventually look like. Meantime, controversial plans for 950 new homes in a village near Maidstone have been given the go-ahead following a public inquiry. The Bushy Wood Estate in Eccles will include a new primary school, sports pitches and green space. An appeal was launched by residents who were concerned about the size of the development. Now, Medway is set to get a share of £5 million to bring historic buildings back to life. The money will help the council take over dilapidated old sites and create valuable spaces for the community. Projects include the transformation of a Grade 2 listed waterworks building in Chatham. Well, Stephen Parkinson is the Minister for Arts and Heritage and he's been speaking to Oliver from our colleagues at KMTV. Everybody is passionate about their, their communities and uh, Medway's been a, a levelling up priority place. It's a priority place for uh, the Arts Council. We work, of course, with the two brilliant... Uh, local MPs, Kelly Tolhurst and Tracy Crouch, working with Medway Council uh, under uh, political, whatever the political control, because this, there are so many fascinating layers of history here. We want to unlock it all uh, to share those stories about every uh, layer of the past, as well as get, get people passionate about the future. Obviously, taxpayers at the moment, they are worried increasingly about the cost of living crisis, putting food on the table. What would you say to um, someone, perhaps, concerned that money is being spent on heritage sites could be going into other areas of public services that 
perhaps they shouldn't be the priority right now? Uh, well, I've been hearing from people who run local businesses, uh, seeing just how important it is for the footfall for them, uh, for the, the things that they're up to, the new jobs that will be created as we breathe life into these old buildings. Last time I was in Chatham was to see the docking station, uh, the brilliant new project uh, which the government is funding through the Cultural Development Fund, helping bring exciting new jobs from the creative industries here uh, to Medway. So this investment is about unlocking opportunity, it's about bringing jobs, it's about bringing visitors and tourist uh, uh, income uh, to areas, uh, which is all about uh, sharing the prosperity that we can build together. So PR researcher has said that like projects like this will help rejuvenate the high street. What do you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. It's been brilliant to see how you know, empty buildings uh, are being reopened to be the homes for, uh, for, for, for businesses, uh, local employers, and it's really exciting to hear about all the plans uh, that there are for such exciting buildings like the one behind me. And lastly, what other projects will the Ministry be working on across Kent in the, in the near future? What other fun opportunities will there be to preserve culture, not just here in Medway, but across the entirety of the county? Well, as I, I talked about the Cultural Development Fund, which is uh, helping to, so with, with the docking station, bring lots of new jobs uh, there. Um, but the, fun, the funds that we're um, talking about today from the uh, National Lottery Heritage Fund uh, right across the UK, uh, from Glasgow to Cornwall to Haverford West in Wales. Um, there are brilliant people, really passionate about their areas, passionate about the, the history of them, but also passionate about building uh, a strong future and it's wonderful to see how the investment uh, and the network that we're building is enabling them to make a real difference in people's lives. Kent Online reports. If you follow Kent Online on socials you can see the moment a six foot tall nutcracker statue was stolen from outside a restaurant in Raynham. A person on a motorbike is seen riding off with the festive decoration tucked under their arm that had been stood at the entrance to Cafe Nucleus. Police have told us they are continuing to investigate investigate. Business owners in Whitstable have told the podcast they won't survive if plans to hike parking fees go ahead. Well, the proposals by Canterbury City Council would see the hourly rate at the town's two main sites rise to £3.70. Local shops warn the changes will have a devastating impact on footfall. Dawn Hackett runs the cheese box. They are pricing everybody out of the market. The only people that can come here now are the ones that will pay for two hours parking while they go for an expensive meal and then they have to get back in their car and leave. And people want beach, they want dog walks, they want to eat something, probably probably still in their Wellingtons and in their casual clothes with their children. And we need them to park a bit further away and have time to walk in and time to spend here because we've lost masses. The week is dead because people won't pay that money to wander around. And, and then because of what they're doing, it has a whole catch-22. We don't have seafood anymore. So we're losing all of the people that have come for generations to buy seafood on, at the weekend and on Sundays and in the weeks and they don't come. So we're becoming purely a hit and, hit and leave destination. If this, if this policy goes ahead, somebody looking to come here for a day at the beach is going to be spending yeah. the 20 pounds. And they won't come because it's an estuary. It's beautiful. And you come for the atmosphere and the relaxing time. You don't come thinking I've got a big budget to spend on amusements and entertainment and partying, like you might do at Brighton or places with amusements. This is 
a quaint place where you want to come, Sorry, you want to dress down, and you want to spend the money on what we've worked really hard to provide here. You know, and people have always in Whitstable worked very hard to provide for local need. How much worse off do you think your business would be if this policy goes ahead? I won't survive. None of us will survive because we're not here just to look nice in the week and for visitors to have two hours only, which when you're sitting down meeting people, that's either two hours on the beach or two hours in a restaurant. Now, the increase would generate an additional £410,000 in revenue. A public consultation into the idea is currently underway. Bosses of a fish and chip shop in Sittingbourne say they're losing customers because of a nearby road closure. SGN have been trying to fix a gas leak on the A2 at Key Street since November the 26th. Marino Fish Bar say they've seen a drop in profits as people don't realise they're still open. Well, SGN say they're trying to get the work done as soon as possible and are encouraging businesses to see if they're eligible for compensation. Kent Online News. A mum sat to resort to using a paddling pool to catch dripping water at a home in Deal. If you head to Kent Online today, you can see the pictures. Kelly Johnson says a ceiling at the property on London Road collapsed after water got in through a hole in the roof. Well, Sanctuary Housing were first contacted about it two months Months ago, they've apologised for the inconvenience and say they'll carry out the work needed as soon as possible. A petition against plans for a new bus route through Dover has been handed into Parliament. 700 people have signed it, urging the council to rethink the fast track proposals, which pass an historic church. Now, the area's MP, Natalie Elphick, who we actually heard from earlier in the podcast, has told the Commons why residents are so against it. I rise to present a petition submitted by my constituents in Dover and Deal who are concerned by the Dover Fast Track proposals. This petition has attracted around 750 signatures led by Father Leo Ela and petitioners and parishioners from St Paul's Roman Catholic Church in Maison du Road. And it's supported by the diocesan bishop, the Right Reverend Paul Hendricks. This is a poorly considered proposal that will add to traffic congestion, disadvantage older and disabled people, damage local businesses and shops in the Dover town and harm access to the church, including for weddings and funerals and the world-renowned Pilgrim's Way. The petitioners therefore urge the government to call on Dover District Council and Kent County Council to rethink the planned Pencester Road fast track proposals. Rochester Cathedral is one of five landmarks here in the southeast that's going to be lit up green for the NSPCC next week. The children's charity is calling for support with nearly 450 counselling sessions being held every day at Christmas. Councillors have seen an increase in worries about family relationships. And if the weather's okay, you might see a meteor shower in Kent tonight. It's called Geminid and is one of the most active of the year with up to 100 meteors an hour. The event covers 10 days but should peak in the county later on. Well that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk Whilst you're on the site today head to the What's On pages to read our review of the Orchard West Panto. We'll be back with the podcast tomorrow. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.